0: from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, 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 there he is. Coming to you live from the greatest
1: country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up on a Thursday to bring you some top shelf radio in a bottom Feeding political world. The FBI, the DOJ, still not releasing the details on the raid of Mar-a-Lago. That's not right. And uh, we talk about the past president at a time when a new poll shows that 59% of Americans think the current president. Uh, has an engine running, but nobody behind the wheel. The man is insane.
0: He's not responsible for himself.
1: We're going to talk about it with Jessica Tarlow. She is, of course, a Democratic strategist and a Fox News contributor. Comedian Dave Landau will be here as well. And your fine self, always welcome. 888 788 888 788 9910. The same rule every day. If you listen to the show every day, God love you if you do. You could probably plead insanity if you ever get charged with a crime. Uh, but the rule is the same every day, man. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a. That is all. So happy Thursday, everybody. I just got off uh, the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner. If you missed it, we will post it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Please go there. Be a part of the community. Read my rambling messages. If you guys message me directly, I'll get back to you. That's the whole hook of the show is that I am not the star of Fox Across America. We are. It's our thing. We're building a cool community where people can, you know, just kind of be reasonable about the issues, which is what I was talking about with Harris Faulkner today. Uh, And if you missed me last night on Tucker Carlson, uh, we posted that hit as well. So if you're for some fail vision. There you go. I'll be on with Martha McCallum tomorrow, back on Gutfeld Monday. But right now is not about me, it is about the state of our country. The latest update we have on this Mar-a-Lago raid is that there really isn't much of an update at all. Okay, this is a real big problem. And I don't want to sit here and do the same show for three consecutive days. They rated them. This is unprecedented. It's not right. They better have something good. Have you noticed the needle hasn't really moved? All we have right now is a Newsweek report telling us, well, there might have been a mole inside Mar-a-Lago telling the FBI where this classified information was. That's the new update. Dun, dun, da. You know, they have like the masked singer. The masked Mar-a-Lago mole. Like, that's where we're at. That's today's update. But again, it's all speculation until they tell us otherwise. Now, the judge, you know, the weirdo who donated uh, multiple times to Barack Obama's campaign. Don't be thick, all right? But that judge, okay, Judge Reinhardt, who's actually, actually a magistrate judge, he's allegedly the person who signed and approved the search. Okay, he is demanding that the DOJ unseal The warrant. Now, understand, there's one other person involved here. This is worth pointing out who can also unseal the warrant. Uh, That gentleman's name is Donald J. Trump. Correct the mundo. So if we're just going to sit here and recklessly speculate, which isn't good for the country at a time when we are wildly divided. Okay, but if we're going to sit here and recklessly speculate. okay, all we know right now is this pertains to the National Archives and the potential mishandling of classified information. Now, if all of that is true. This reaction, this raid on Donald Trump's, you know, compound is, you know, resort, whatever you want to call it, is wildly, wildly disproportionate to the alleged crime. Understand that. okay? this is the equivalent of you have an outstanding parking ticket. So a SWAT team lands on your roof with helicopters and armed guards. Now, I understand the stakes are higher between you and the president of the United States, which is also why you don't raid the president of the United States. Okay, it looks like a banana republic. When your own Justice Department is going against your own political opponent, it really does look third-worldy. Now, again, there is a possibility that this is all justified. I am always willing to be reasonable in the face of clear evidence, but the reason so many people are cynical is because this specific Department of Justice, these operators, these operators have shown time and time again a willingness to break the law in order to get Donald Trump.
0: He knows what he's talking about. Whether
1: we were falsifying documents like Kevin Smith did to get FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page Wiretapping Trump Tower, James Comey admitting to leaking classified information, John Brennan, James Clapper going on TV every night saying there's Russian collusion as far as the eye can see. But then when they got under oath and they were asked if there was any collusion, (laughs) no, when they were facing the threat of perjury, there was no there there. I mean, Adam Schiff, though, continues to insist to this day that, oh, I had definitive proof of Russian collusion. Adam Schiff is the guy with a really hot girlfriend who doesn't live around here. Hey, yeah, I got this incredible collusion. Oh, yeah, when can we meet it? Oh, it's on a modeling shoot right now. It's overseas. It's, uh, it's doing a swimsuit issue. You can't see the collusion right now. Well, it's been three years. When does this collusion get a break from modeling? When can it come back and meet us? And you never get an answer. And for that reason, the fact that a lot of Democrats have not broken character every time they've tried to fraudulently take down Donald Trump, there's a lot of people in this country that believe him. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. Okay, if you hate Donald Trump emotionally and someone tells you he's a criminal, you emotionally confirm that immediately. Like, oh, that's it. He's a crook. So there's a lot of people out there that think he's fine, that think it's totally fine that they're doing this. It's totally fine that they're breaking the law, that the ends justify the means because they're getting their way. They're getting rid of the big bad Donald Trump. But that's not how this works. okay? and there's one thing I want to add to this, though, because if you've been following me on this story, you know I have a deep distrust of the deep state. Okay, you can't, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt after what they did with the Mueller probe. The Mueller probe was fake. We know it was fake. This is not like a Fox wing news guy telling you that some right wing lunatic. Okay, we know the probe was fake. It was designed to get him to self destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception. That there was a there there. That is correct. Okay, they know this entire thing was based on a counter-narrative Hillary Clinton paid for, okay, because she wanted something to take attention away from her email scandal, her mishandling, by the way, of classified information. This is significant because, again, they were able to physically prove she mishandled classified information and they negotiated with her from there to come in and sit for an interview and that was it okay did they raid hillary clinton the answer would be no so there's clearly a double standard here they didn't serve her with warrants and hillary clinton by the way was a secretary of state she was never a president she never had quite the security uh... clearance and autonomy that a president does i mean she was close to having it but election night came and went and she was howling at the moon So understand, I can't give the FBI the benefit of the doubt. I can't, okay? And neither can anybody else at this point. We're in a really dangerous place when people do not trust, do not take at face value anything the security, the intel community in this country says. A guy who could help this conversely, though, and it's worth pointing out, is Donald Trump. So here's Jonathan Turley. He's on America Reports yesterday. He's one of our top legal analysts here at Fox. And he was upfront about the fact that if Trump wanted to, he could also tell us what the search was about because here's a news flash for you. He knows. He knows what the search is about because by now they've actually told him. Here's Charlie, clip five. Are you surprised the former president or somebody on
2: his team has not released the search warrant? I am. And that's a lack of transparency on the Trump side. Uh, They can release certainly the first page of that warrant that was used. Um, Why wouldn't you release that? Obviously, they don't believe that's in their their self-interest. But that is another example of the lack of transparency on both sides. I think they should release that information so that we could try to get a better handle on what has occurred here because there are serious concerns on both sides. What
3: the hell is the world
1: coming to? It's a really bad spot for us to be in because, again, think of it both ways. Okay, if the Justice Department was above board here, acted in good faith, based on a reasonable suspicion of a crime, it would take nothing for them to prove that to us. Just the same if Donald Trump is a victim being wrongly persecuted by the intel community, as he always is, he could just as easily prove that as well. Now, to be fair, Trump didn't stage the raid. Trump is not the reason we're in this position. The Department of Justice is. So I would say the onus falls on them. And the problem here is until otherwise proven, nobody, this is not a Republican thing, dude. People who are objective observers of politics, we still have a few of them left in our country. I'm not talking about Twitter. Twitter, as you know, is a fight club for people who don't want to get hit. They're out there communicating in weapons-grade rhetoric at all times because that's what Twitter encourages, incentivized conflict. Get on Twitter, call somebody literally Hitler, you'll get a 1,000 likes. Digital dopamine, shoot it up in your arm. If you get out there and you just say, yeah, I disagree with the Republicans, yeah, two people click like, that's it. You don't matter, okay? Twitter wants a Roman coliseum environment, and the people that live in the social media bubble are very much – completely and wholly committed to one partisan side, so much so that they're blinded by the damage they're doing in living the way we do. If it's okay to destroy any institution as long as your political side gets a win, one day we're going to get out of bed and we're not going to have any institutions left. I think he's got a point. That's the problem with the age of hyperpartisanship we live in. Okay, that's the big problem. And what I want you to understand is you listen to the show every day because as shocking as it sounds, the people who hang out with me are the adults in the room. Okay, I don't get on the air and tell you I know everything. I am not an omnipotent talk show host. Get off my phone, you dope. Okay, I am. It's not what I do. Okay, the vibe here is, you know, people like to use the word inclusive. It's really inclusive. You know, you can disagree. You can agree. You can nod along. You can make fun of my outfits. I don't care. Just a talk show host. I'm not an activist. I'm not going to be on tour this, you know, this fall trying to swing the election one way or the other. That's not what I do, man. I'm just here to talk about it, okay? My loyalty is to you. My loyalty is to this country and to getting it to play team ball again. And the people who feel the way I do, the people who won't be campaigning, the people who won't be protesting, the people who are just objective observers of politics, they think what the FBI is doing is wrong. Okay, I'm going to give you a clip here from Alan Dershowitz. Which is very interesting that he's commenting. We're trying to get him on the show right now. I don't know what his availability is or if he wants to talk about this. Because understand, Alan Dershowitz has represented Jeffrey Epstein. But here's a newsflash. The magistrate that signed off on Trump's warrant also represented Jeffrey Epstein's clients. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Very weird. He donated to Obama. He represented the... Epstein people, this is who we're talking about. This is who Obama's getting money from. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But when you see that level of activism, this guy's pushing an Obama agenda, he's posting all kinds of videos on social media about woke stuff and white privilege, okay, it really does undermine the integrity of the raid. And to his credit, Alan Dershowitz, I don't know what his involvement in this story is. I don't know that he's involved at all. He did not He did represent Trump in his first impeachment case. And I've always found him to be a good steward of the facts when it comes to the legal process. Alan Dershowitz, who is a lifelong Democrat, he himself said yesterday that this is the wrong way for the Justice Department to operate. Here it is, clip eight. Look, I'm a liberal Democrat. I voted for— Uh, Biden. Um, I'm not going to vote for Trump if he runs for re-election. I want to have the right to vote against him. I don't want to see bureaucrats deny me that right to vote against him. That's what
2: democracy is. And this is part of, I think, an attempt to try to get him disqualified from running. I don't think it's going to work. I think it actually probably has strengthened uh,
1: his uh, base of support. And you know what? He's not wrong. Okay. The Trump base is as fired up as they're ever going to be. That doesn't mean any of this knee-jerk analysis like, oh, he just won the 2024 election. Not even close, dude. For as much as everybody listening loves Trump, there are that many people who hate him that are that fired up by the mere mention of his name that they're also going to show up. Okay, that's a fact, dude. We're a long way from deciding who's won the 2024 presidency. The only thing we know for a fact about 2024 right now is that Joe Biden definitely ain't running. I agree with that. Okay, but I'm just telling you because I care. We've started the show this way now for three days. Okay, it's a bad time to have a few million people listening to me feeling very cynical about our Justice Department. Okay, because this isn't the biggest show in the world. There are bigger shows out there, maybe not more talented, but bigger shows out there, okay, that are also heavily populated with people who don't feel that way. When you look at the hyper-partisanship you know, partisanship that we're currently embroiled in and you look at the deep partisan divide in this country, you realize what the FBI is doing in this moment is they are provoking us. They are provoking us. Some type of violent reaction gives them a moral high ground, a, justifi- a justification to crack down on Trump even more, a justification to go after his supporters even more, maybe seize a couple more cell phones like they did with Representative Perry, who was on Tucker with me last night, just took his cell phone, personal cell phone, right from Indiana. Now they got all those dirty secrets or maybe clean secrets I don't even know. But the point is right now the FBI is flexing a little bit of deep state muscle and basically giving the rest of us the finger. But this doesn't end good for anybody if this is going to be the standard operating procedure, including the FBI. And
0: I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of the this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler.
1: I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at guybensonshow.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A lot of legal turmoil this week for the Trump man. Some people say, oh, you know, they don't want him to run in 2024. They're trying to take him out now. And it reads that way on the surface. But there's this other idea that maybe they do want him to run. I've been saying it all week long because he does bring a lot of baggage to the table. Uh, I, I don't understand. I don't have all the facts. I am recklessly speculating. OK, but where I'm not speculating is that there is a personal animus between members of the establishment, members of our in law enforcement community, and Donald Trump. Okay, yesterday he was brought in in front of New York Attorney General Letitia James. You might remember her as the woman who brought down Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Well, Letitia James, if you remember, our politics got nationalized when Donald Trump was president. What I mean by that is... Everybody who ran for office, even if it was an office that had nothing to do with Donald Trump, made him a focus of their campaign. If you remember our mayor, Bill de Blasio, it's like, I'll stand up to Donald Trump. Yo, you're the mayor of New York. You're not involved with Donald Trump. What are you even talking about? But people were so worked up and partisan. they were like, yeah, let's vote for this guy. He's going to go get Trump wrong. OK, Bill de Blasio did nothing. OK, he did cut a police budget by a billion dollars and turn our city into an outdoor toilet but another local jackass letitia james who is now probing trump's taxes again the justice department has had them for five years now okay five years have they turned over any evidence of a crime the answer would be no but here's letitia james bringing him in to question him about his business dealings okay and not only did she bring him in but she did so after what when she was running for office, slamming Donald Trump and promising to get rid of the guy. This is clip
3: 18. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him and then going home.
0: He said I know my name personally.
1: I mean. Why'd she do that, Jim? Because she's a pandering idiot. This is the attorney general of New York. She ran on, I'm going to ruin Donald Trump's life. You're the attorney general of New York. Okay, that should not be your focus, number one. But number two, are you ready for it? This really undermines any prosecution in terms of a conflict of interest. This is a woman who's made her campaign about ruining the guy. It's starting to look, I don't know, like she has a little bit of an agenda. As we now hear her calling him in on taxes, no? That's true. That is true. God, they're all such a scam. They don't even say it.
0: And now,
2: great moments in presidential history.
0: The only thing we have to fear is fear itself.
3: Mr Gorbachev teared down this wall.
0: Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public
3: judge my physical and mental fit my physical as well as my mental fi- fitness.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and yes, when it comes to judging Joe Biden's physical and mental fitness, wow. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Basically the words of 60% of Americans. We're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show with Jessica Tarloff. Uh, There's polling out today that says Biden has, you know, unfortunately, uh, found himself in a state of mental decline. And I don't think any objective observer— of Joe Biden would argue on the contrary. But right now we're not talking about cognitive decline, we're talking about a decline in the quality of life in this country, because there's a war brewing between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and our jackass mayor here in New York, Eric Adams. And of course, this is all stemming from the fact that Adams, like every Democrat, was vowing to be a sanctuary city for migrants who entered the country illegally when Republicans were in charge of the country. Okay, when Trump was trying To enforce the Remain in Mexico policy and doing so quite effectively, cut down on illegal border crossings by 80 percent, Democrats were all calling it racist. This despite the fact that all of the Democrats had voted for border wall funding twice. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Well, long story short. Okay, we know all about that hypocrisy, but the bigger hypocrisy now is that the infrastructure within Texas and the surrounding border towns have been so overwhelmed. Okay, we're expecting 2 million people to cross into this country illegally this year alone because the border's open, okay, which constitutes a massive burden on the great state of Texas, which is, of course, one of 50 states in a place called the United States of America. Now, the fact that Texas might be a red state, and it's certainly not about to go blue anytime soon with Beto running for governor, governor. Oh, my gosh. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. A pandering idiot. We'll get to him, too. But just because Texas is a red state doesn't mean Texas should bear the burden of border enforcement. It is the federal government's job to protect our border. But what everybody keeps missing is they keep conflating the border as a Texas and Arizona issue. Well, that's where the border is. So, you know, they're the only ones affected. Not my mess. I don't have to worry about it. But we have a 50-state border problem, and I say that, I say it so much, because people are getting poisoned by the fentanyl coming across our southern border. We're dying in record numbers. It is the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. They are getting poisoned, excuse me, by fentanyl. Okay, it's not overdose. Overdose is, ah, we were taking drugs for three days and I guess it caught up to him. But you should have hung out, man. Oh, the strippers, the hookers.
0: Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible.
1: The point is, okay, you're not getting that story with fentanyl. You're taking a recreational drug once and dying because you're being poisoned. It's happening in every state in the country. There's a real indifference to it politically. Because most people don't think it affects their state. Well, we're not a border state. What do we care about the border? Biden doesn't want to police the border? Good. Let's piss off the Republicans. But again and again and again, do you see how looking at the world through a one-party lens is damaging the country? The fentanyl doesn't only kill Republicans. It kills everybody. But because we're looking at this, a lot of people are through a partisan lens, we're not really – doing our due diligence as Americans in terms of prioritizing this border. Okay, I'm trying to do mine. I lecture you about fentanyl every day. Every time you hear Lincoln on the show, I'm screaming and yelling at him. You can't do drugs. It's just not the old days. A lot of you listening grew up in an era where, you know, woo, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and you could do drugs and free love, and everything was just going to be fine. Okay, it doesn't work that way anymore. And it's sad, and it's unfortunate because we're losing good kids to bad drugs. But with Eric Adams squaring off in a battle, With Greg Abbott. Okay, this is all stemming from the fact that Abbott, and I think this is hilarious and I think this is justified, has begun busing migrants to blue cities that swore they were going to be sanctuary cities under Donald Trump. (laughs) They said it because they weren't actually going to have to take them. Bingo. Okay, now they got to take them. Okay, they didn't have to take them under Donald Trump. You want to know why? Because they weren't really getting into the country. That's why. Okay, we had cut down illegal border crossings by 80%. Now we're breaking the monthly record every month. Okay, now there's a surplus. There's a lot of people. And again, we wish them no ill will. They're fleeing real oppression. They're fleeing cartel violence. They're fleeing food insecurity. They're fleeing corrupt governments. Only to wind up in America... And be surrounded by all three of the same things again.
0: You are correct, sir.
1: I mean, it's bad. But the point is they've overwhelmed the resources in southern Texas, overwhelmed a lot of the resources in Arizona. So Greg Abbott is rightfully busing them to other cities. Reason being is he's hoping folks will recognize the magnitude of this crisis and push Joe Biden to act. But instead of pushing Joe Biden to act, what are they doing? You know, Eric Adams, I'll go down to Texas and campaign against Greg Abbott. That's what I'll do. You suck, you jackass. Nobody cares. Nobody in Texas changing their vote because of Eric Adams, who's a pretend cop. He was a house mouse. Okay, he ran on a law enforcement background for mayor in a town that votes 99.9 percent Democrat. But any cop who ever did police work. Got out on the streets, made arrests, cuffed them and stuffed them, risked their lives, fought the bad guys. OK, they knew him as a house mouse, a house mouse is a term for a guy who sits in the precinct, watches the Yankee game, studies for the sergeant's test, eventually gets the sergeant's job. Somebody drives him around a few nights a week in a squad car, goes back to the precinct, watches the Yankee game, studies for the lieutenant's test. Then he gets the lieutenant's gig, shows up to a couple of crime scenes. Then he goes back to the precinct, watches the Yankee game, studies to be a captain and on and on and on. And Eric Adams is very much a politician. He's not a cop. OK, since becoming the mayor of New York, what has he done? He's gone to every nightclub in the city, sometimes more than once in a night. He's become a fixture on our nightclub scene. He's referred to as Jay-Z because he wants to party like a rapper. And what did he tell us last week when I was on Outnumbered? I lost my mind. He's like, oh, the crime in this city's out of control. I had no idea. Dude, the balls of this guy. You knew it was out of control because it was the number one issue when you were running for mayor. And you flat out said, hey, I'm a cop. I'm going to do something about this. You'll see. I'm going to get out there. You suck. Yeah, he got out there, all right, to the champagne room, popped bottles with models. And now he's talking about running for president, which makes sense if you're a Democrat, because the less you've accomplished for this country, the more they seem to want you. But in this moment, he is not pivoting. To the real reason we're in a situation where a Texas governor has to relocate migrants to his blue city. Because the reason Eric Adams is dealing with this is not Greg Abbott. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? The reason he's dealing with this is because of Joe Biden. You're absolutely right. You know, Greg Abbott did not say open the border. Get rid of the Remain in Mexico policy. Just let him in. Okay, if we're being honest, the people who said just let them in were the Democrats. But now they're in, and they're getting relocated to Democratic cities, and the Democrats, they do not like it one bit. Democrats are so full of crap. Let me give you some Eric Adams here. It's fascinating. Ugh, Abbott was on too. I'll give you some Abbott. He was on the Faulkner Focus. I was just on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner. Go to our Fox Cross America Feb- Facebook page and check it out. Uh, but here is Eric Adams. Okay talking about he's threatening Greg Abbott. I'm going to send some New Yorkers down to Texas. It's clip 39.
3: I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we, we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office.
1: Oh, man. I mean, come on, dude.
3: You ought to be ashamed of yourself.
1: For the good of America, we have to get Greg Abbott out of office. Yo, is Greg Abbott? Is Greg Abbott the reason that our country is overrun with migrants? The answer would be no. Is Greg Abbott the reason we don't have a remain in Mexico policy that cuts down on the cartel's ability to exploit our border? The answer would be no. Is Greg Abbott encouraging the record levels of human trafficking that have resulted in 30% of the women crossing our border illegally to get sexually assaulted? The answer would be no. Is Greg Abbott the guy shipping in the fentanyl? The answer would be no. No. You know who is? Joe Biden. Tell them like it is. Okay. Joe Biden's indifference to our southern border is why we're in the position we're in. It should not be Abbott against Adams. It should be every single decent minded American against Joe Biden. Absolutely, positively, no argument. This is a light show. I say every day, it sounds like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. Okay. And partly because that's true, mostly because it's a light show. Okay, but I take the issue seriously. I don't take myself seriously at all because I don't want to exhaust you with yelling and screaming and hooting and hollering. But when it comes to the border, man, this is disgusting. People are dying because of their indifference to the border. They won't go to the border because it magnifies the crisis. Understand, no news network, none, goes down to the southern border and visits these facilities under Biden except Fox News. You might see some smaller right-wing outlets go down as well. Um, And that's fine. And they do. And give them their credit for doing that. I'm not, you know, chastising them in this moment. But understand there is no one in the legacy media, not NBC, not CBS, not ABC. None of them are going down to the southern border right now. Why? Because if they bring attention to the problem, they bring a bigger problem to the Democratic Party. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. They're protecting the Democratic Party from a political liability at the expense of a physical liability for you and your kids. And what we always do when this conversation gets had is we conflate anyone who wants to secure the border with some type of hatred towards the people coming into this country illegally. We don't hate them. I don't like that they're breaking the law. We don't hate them. I don't even know them. We don't wish them any ill will. But the fact remains we're getting the bill for what's going on at the border. We're getting the bill financially in having to fund it and supply benefits and entitlement programs to people who are going to come here and be reliant on our government. And we're bearing the brunt of overdoses at a record level. People are dying in this country. It's not COVID. It's not monkeypox or whatever they're calling it this week to be more politically correct. It is fentanyl that is killing more Americans between 18 and 45 than anything else. And we're not talking about it, man. We're fighting over where the migrants are gonna go next. It's like a National Lampoon's migrant vacation. Where's the bus taking them this time around? Who's driving, Eric Adams or Greg Abbott, Annette? No, let us know.
2: He should be behind bars. I don't know
1: who she was specifying. I think it should be Biden. Okay, but here is Abbott, okay, responding to Eric Adams about sending New Yorkers to Texas at his clip 40.
0: Go ahead, Mayor, make my day. Uh, There could hardly be anything better to aid my campaign against Beto O'Rourke than to have Beto O'Rourke have his campaign aided by a bunch of New Yorkers that will not be viewed very positively in the state of Texas. Candidly, the only thing better than that is what has already occurred, and that is Beto has received a million dollars from George Soros. Uh, This is a campaign by Beto that's being run by people outside of the state of Texas. This race is about Texans and Texans are fed up with what the Biden administration has done on our border, the chaos that has caused, the damage that it's caused in the state of Texas.
1: And what he's basically saying to Eric Adams is...
3: Hey, you've got to be a moron. You've got to be a moron.
0: And he is a
1: moron. Okay, listen to the Eric Adams response. It's clip 41.
3: Well, uh, first of all, um, I know he thinks he's uh, Clint Eastwood, but he's not. He is a anti-American governor that is really going against everything we stand for. And uh, I am going to do everything feasible to make sure Texan, uh, the people of Texas realize how harmful he is to us globally. Uh, he's a global, global embarrassment uh, because this is not what we do as Americans.
1: Are you stupid or something?
3: Yes, you are. Is Greg Abbott,
1: again, the guy who's being anti American by not protecting America's borders? The answer would be no. Is, is it anti American? To enforce America's laws like Abbott is? The answer would be no. It's not a global embarrassment. Eric Adams is. He's not, oh, Texas is harmful to us globally because this isn't what we do as Americans. Yo, Eric Adams, if this isn't what we do as Americans, then shut up and take the migrants. Oh, wow. All he's asking you to do is help shoulder the burden, you know, United States. But you don't want to do that because you're all full of it. Okay, but the story here again should not be Adams against Abbott. It should be everybody in this country against the idiot in the White House who has left the border wide open.
0: cartels are playing cause the wall is incomplete down on the border out in the heat where the cartels are playing cause the wall is incomplete don't go anywhere fox across america with jimmy phala we'll be right back
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, getting ready to rap with Jessica Tarloff and, of course, comedian Dave Landau. But in, Right now, we get right into the phones and head down to Tyler, Texas, where it's all happening. Chris is on the line and Tyler. Yo, Chris.
0: Hey, Jimmy. How are you?
1: You know, I'm a little worked up today. Thursday's usually oh, like a feel-good day feel on it. the show, but man, right? Yeah. I sound like I'm off my meds.
0: Well, man, we got a lot of rain down here, so everybody is fresh as a daisy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We could use some in New York, because New York is just filthy, man. I'm never kidding. I'm never kidding when I say it's like a toilet. So what do you think is going to happen if Adam sends the New Yorkers down to your hood to East
0: Texas? There's there's no way in heck he's going to do that, because once they come down here, see how far their money goes, have some barbecue and Mexican food, they're not going to go back. No. <laughs> unless he sends him to unless he sends him to San Antonio where the heat will probably kill him. <laughs> well,
1: there's the one thing. I can tell you uh, as someone who has come down as a New Yorker, they do at some t- point have to come back just for their own safety because you guys <laughs> don't know when to stop feeding and buying people
0: beer. Oh, no, no. And no, and there's the I, thing though. I, I, I try so hard.
1: Chris, they're going to come down and ask for vegan spare ribs. You're going to send them back. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's bad. But I'll tell you what, his his rhetoric really, really chaps my height. But you want to know what really burns my butt? Mm-hmm. I'm listening. About, uh, yeah, a flame about three feet high. <laughs> what? What does? A flame about three feet
1: high. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> All right. I thought you were telling me it bur- something burns your butt on a level that it feels like a flame three feet high. I missed the punchline. They sometimes say comedians are the worst audience. Uh, yeah, I, owe you, I owed you better on that. But that's funny. I appreciate <laughs> that. You could guest host yeah. the show because everybody always says, you know, they like when the show's jokey and punchy. So if you ever want to, yeah. you know, you want to sub in, tell Paul Gleiser you're going to co-host, do a morning zoo show. You've got hey, my hey, permission. Hey, yeah.
0: I, I tried. I tried. You know, I've known Paul a whole long time. All right, we'll he doesn't him. know me, but I've known him forever.
1: <laughs> All right. This sounds like a stalker situation. Um, yeah, Let's well, <laughs> straight, straighten this out. Chris, great call. Brilliant comedy. Thanks. You're too good for me, too fast for me. Now I'm like one of those TV hosts that doesn't get my own jokes. Way to go. Uh, Jessica Tarlow's coming up. Dave Landau's coming up. More of your fine wit and humor right here on the Big Bad, one and only Fox Across America.
0: live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. We are comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. That's still the truth. Doesn't feel like we're playing championship ball right now, but we're still ranked number 1. What else you got? What other country wants to step up and take on the
0: champions? I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
1: Uh, It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The champ is caffeinated. He's a little peppy on a Thursday. We're going to be having a conversation in this hour with Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff.
0: No, God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
1: Listen, you can hate her politics, but you can't hate the fact Uh, that she's willing to come on, reach across the aisle, and talk. Because in fairness, JT, who is one of my great friends, uh, concedes a lot of points. She doesn't like the far left wing of her party. She doesn't like Ilhan Omar. She's not a big fan of AOC.
3: AOC is a dope. She's,
1: you know, like a moderate, you know. And some of her views, again, might seem extreme to you. But the whole point of this country is that we do have the right uh, to agree to disagree. And we're not really doing that right now anywhere in our politics, certainly not anywhere in our talk radio. So I'm trying to be that conversational port in the storm where we can have a good time and try to make a little bit of progress because everybody else is just, you know, dumping more gasoline on a partisan fire. Okay, and it comes at a time of great peril for the country because there's a pullout today. And I don't know. This isn't going to be any news to anybody listening. But according to a new poll, 59 percent of Americans, 59 percent, 59 percent are worried about Joe Biden's mental health.
3: And and I don't see why. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, and with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh,
1: OK, the poll finds that 36 percent of respondents were very concerned about his mental health. Twenty three percent saying they were somewhat concerned. OK, 18 percent not very concerned. Who are they? Do they own a TV? Twenty one percent. Twenty one percent say they have no concerns at all about Joe Biden's mental health. They're crazy. Yo, the guy is shaking hands with invisible people. Did you see yesterday's video? They're Chuck Schumer is working his way up and down the podium, shaking hands after they passed this garbage bill in the Senate. Chuck Schumer is a clown. But he shakes Biden's hand first, goes and shakes three more hands, turns to his podium, begins to speak. And what does Biden do? He sticks his hand out to shake Schumer's hand again and then looks around like he dissed me. This man
3: needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
1: If you didn't see it, it's all over social media. Joe Biden shakes his hand. Five seconds later, he randomly goes to shake hands again as Schumer has now turned his back on him and then has the look of like, what about me? It's scary. Okay, I am not a doctor. I am not issuing a diagnosis. Uh, I can tell you uh, we had this same situation in my family with my late great uncle Sonny, and we see so many of the same symptoms. That still shouldn't mean anything because, again, I'm not a doctor. This is an opinion, but it's an opinion shared by 60 percent of the country. We've got a president, okay, who's in some type of cognitive decline. I bring this up because, one, it's carrying a lot of weight in terms of who's going to run in 2024. But two, and this is the bigger issue, I'm always focused for me on right now. Our problems in this country are now problems. Like inflation is a now problem. The fact that they passed an Re- inflation reduction act that doesn't address inflation, period, but the fringe benefits they're pointing to, they don't occur for another five years. So that is not addressing a now problem. People are suffering now. So they just went out and spent a gazillion dollars on climate change and promised it's going to help you with inflation down the road.
3: Come on, don't bullsh**
1: me. I mean, again, they went out and hired 87,000 IRS agents and promised you that's actually a good thing down the road. Come on, don't bullsh** me. Yeah, the IRS thing's hilarious. You don't think you're getting audited? Oh, my goodness. I'm not saying you're all going to get audited. But they audit the middle class. They audit the lower income earners in our society. One is because a lot of them do qualify for like earned income credits and stuff, and they want to make sure the qualifications are apt. But two, and this has always been the case, 90 percent of all audits occur on people making less than $30,000 a year because they're not using accountants to make sure that all 8 million words of the tax code are fluently understood. And they're prone to mistakes, genuine mistakes. I've been audited three times. They never treated me like a criminal. They weren't mean to me. But they, you know, hey, you owe us a little more money for this. You owe us a little more money didn't file that right. Okay, I'm always nice. I give you whatever the hell you want. I'm not arguing. And it's not because I'm rich. It's because you don't need the problem. I got work to do. It's no different than traffic tickets here in New York City. If you go in New York City... Okay, the ticket writers have quotas. They have certain amounts of tickets they have to issue every day when it comes to parking tickets. So they just walk around and ticket the hell out of anything without estate plates or anything that happens to be a professional driver. Uber driver, if you got an emblem, you're getting a ticket. City cab, you got an emblem, you're getting a ticket. I used to get parking tickets all the time when I was parked legally. Do you want to know why? Are you ready for it? It's because they know you as the poor guy or the guy out of state can't take the time. To come back to court. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. You're a cab driver working twelve hours a day, okay? Pulling in, if you're lucky, 150 bucks on your best day. Okay. You can't take a day off. You can't. On the off chance that you're gonna go fight that hundred and five dollar ticket and you might lose. You just gotta take it. Okay, and I'm not even saying I'm not here telling you the IRS is targeting you. I'm just telling you it is a fact of life. That people self-filing, people that are trying to learn the minutiae of the tax code, are going to make mistakes. The IRS knows that, so they're going to revisit your tax returns. And when we're as broke as we are, understand this climate bill is a print-and-spend bill. We don't have this money. We literally just made it up out of thin air and fired it into the night. That is financial lunacy. But that's what we're doing. And we're adding 87,000 agents to the IRS. Some people say, well, that's a weird number because a lot of them are retiring. Some of these are replacement agents. You know, there's some agents that are going into IT and staffing. Fine. But any way you slice it, there are more agents. And if there are more agents, there are more audits. I admire your honesty. It's what they do. As I said on Tucker last night. Okay. Okay. Telling me you've got 87,000 new agents and there aren't going to be more audits is laughable. Imagine, okay, Lincoln comes home and buys 87 bongs but tells me he's not going to smoke marijuana. No, no, I just like having him around. Just something nice. Just going go out and spend all this money on bongs. No, he's out puffing the magic dragon is what he's doing. Shut your mouth. I don't know that he is. I don't want him to be. I'm just saying. It's just an analogy. So the problem we have right now is that Biden's mental health is a now problem. But it's the bigger issue we're dealing with, okay, in that the world sees us with a weakened president. What is China doing right now? Just flying laps around Taiwan, fighter jets, aircraft carriers, shooting off rockets. What are they doing? Xi Jinping just met with Vladimir Putin again just to make sure the world understands how good and strengthened their relationship is. You know, the world saw the weakness a year ago this month in Afghanistan when we cut and ran from Afghanistan a country we went went into to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups, we left Afghanistan with a terror group in charge of the government sitting on $85 billion of our weapons. This could be a problem. I'm with Hulk Hogan on this one. Okay, it's a big problem because we've demonstrated a lot of weakness. Okay, yes, we live in a country that thinks the president's not all there. Yes, the rest of the world thinks the president's not all there. They've seen him on the world stage. OK, he was in Israel shaking hands with invisible people. The Democrats tried to defend him by saying, you don't understand. He wasn't shaking hands. He was pointing. Oh, oh, he was pointing. I see. If, folks, whether or not he's pointing, fist bumping, soul shaking, high fiving, Harlem shaking. It's not the point. The point is the person he's doing it to does not exist. What can I
0: tell you, kid? You're right. When
1: You're right. You're right. You're right. That's the issue. Okay, you got a guy greeting, saluting people who aren't there. The rest of the world sees that. So when I read you this poll that 60 percent of Americans think the guy's gone, the now problem is that so does the rest of the world. The now problem is that this presidency is an iTunes user agreement. They're basically whatever far left, you know, stupid thing they want to do. Let's kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. More money for green energy, even though it props up China's economy and tears down ours. You know, our number one geopolitical foe. You know, the biggest polluter in the world by a margin of 10. We're going to pay them to make our clean energy while they keep opening up coal plant after coal plant after coal plant. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what we're doing right now. Because he's not in charge. He is in a state of cognitive decline. And they're like, hey, we're doing this. Okay? So sign it, old man. That's all they're doing. That's how they killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. That's how they killed the Remain in Mexico policy. That's how this works. They walk into the room and say, ha-ho, hey. You want your pudding cup? Come on, man. No, no, you want your pudding cup. Come on, man. Well, then sign it. Sign, sign this document. Sign it, and then you can have you can have your pudding cup. Okay. What in God's name is he doing? Is what Biden thinks, and then he signs it, and he gets his pudding. You know, his pudding cup. Okay, that's just how it works, man. I don't take any joy in saying this. is a now problem, but the reason he's not going to run in twenty twenty four. This keeps coming up. You know, is this Mar-a-Lago raid trying to bait Trump into running? Or did they just inadvertently solidify the Trump base and get him to run? Okay, it was all of that speculation. We don't know if any of that's true. The one thing we do know is true is Joe Biden's not running. They're ultimately, by the end of this term, you've seen it now in the New York Times, you've seen it in the Washington Post, okay, they're all running polls like this. They're all running op-eds saying the engine's running and there's nobody behind the wheel because it's going to become very convenient for them to get rid of him if, in fact, this Hunter Biden thing blows up. Why does it matter? Because if the Hunter Biden thing blows up, then everybody in the media who said it wasn't a real thing is now forced to acknowledge that they intentionally buried this story in the run-up to the 2020 election.
2: The media is
1: a bunch of losers. Here speaking, none bigger than Brian Stelter. I hung out hit with him in uh, D.C., I'm not bragging, at a White House correspondence party uh, back in April. I guess it was, right? And uh, here he is on CNN telling Joe Biden's uh, former aide, Michael LaRosa, that the Hunter thing is not just a right-wing story anymore. It's a real problem. Here it is, clip 34.
2: What about Hunter? Hunter under federal investigation. Charges could be coming at any time. This is not just a right-wing media story. This is a real problem mm-hmm. for the Bidens. Mm-hmm. Could he decide not to run for re-election, given his son?
3: Look, they make, they make decisions as a family, and um, they will make that decision uh, when it's time. But Do, like think he said, talked, he do to you run. think they've talked about it yet? No. The president's doing his job. He's doing his work. He's not focused on that. It's 19 months. (laughs) Why would he be doing that?
1: Hmm. But understand this. Hunter's a dirtbag. And we have a lot of corroborating evidence that says Joe Biden was getting a cut of the money. Are you the big man, Joe? But why is Brian Stelter saying this so significant to me? Because here is Brian Stelter back in 2020, clip 35.
2: There it is, the New York Post front page announcing Biden's secret emails. CNN reported on Friday that U.S. authorities are seeing if those emails we just talked about are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. There's a lot about this story that does not add up. And, I mean, for all we know, these emails are made up or maybe some are real and others are fakes. We don't know. But we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. A tip from Bannon and a hard drive dump from Rudy led a former producer for Sean Hannity's show to write a story for the New York Post that gets splashed on the front page that Rudy then used to trash the Bidens all over Fox, and they're doing it almost every hour of the day.
0: Don't you have any respect for yourself? That boy is a
3: P.I.G. pig. This is absolutely gross.
1: I mean, really, Brian Stelter, because everything he just said wasn't true. Okay, our own intelligence department, including our own FBI, in the run-up to the 2020 election, admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop was true. It was a legitimate thing. Hunter Biden's business partners came forward and said, yes, I am the man on these emails. Yes, Joe Biden knew what was going on. Yes, he was getting a 10% cut of the money. But everybody... Like Brian Stelter, like the New York Times, or the Washington Post said, oh, hell no. This is Russian disinformation. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But if you notice now, OK, because they knew then, they knew our director of national intelligence had corroborated the story. The laptop was real. We knew that. The New York Post didn't run it because Steve Bannon and somebody from Hannity were like, yeah, let's get mad at Biden. They ran it because they knew it to be true. Okay, they knew it to be true because our intelligence community knew it to be true. Do you understand? They all knew it was true at the time they were killing it. Facebook, Twitter, every one of those dirtbags knew it was true. Okay, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, oh, by the way, the nut Jeff Bezos who runs Amazon, they all knew it was true, and they killed it anyway. That's just
0: how white folks will do you.
1: But understand now okay, knowing it's still true and the story might get worse, they're all starting to run pieces about Joe Biden losing his marbles. Come on, man. But they're writing those pieces because, like, handsy Andy Cuomo before him...
0: Andy! Andy! At
1: some point, they're gonna need to get rid of him. They got rid of Andy for being a little frisky around the office because it was easier than revisiting the nursing home scandal. They're ultimately gonna run off Biden for saying he's lost his marbles because it's a lot easier than saying, oh, by the way, we all covered up the Hunter
0: story and we knew it was true. And
3: I'm out here in the real the world not know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
0: The show that leaves you without hope or change.
3: I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This,
0: this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler.
1: It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy feller wanted to play this montage from earlier. These are Democrats. We're going to be talking with the great Jessica Tarlow, my good buddy, in the next break about the fact that it doesn't sound like anybody wants Joe Biden to run in 2024, at least not anybody in the Democratic Party. Listen to this one. It is clip 13.
2: Are you encouraging him to run again?
1: I'm encouraging him to focus on what's right in front of us.
2: Do you think President Biden is the
4: best candidate in 2024?
3: I'm going to be very blunt and very honest with you.
1: My focus is totally on this November. The country would be well-served by a new generation of compelling, well-prepared, dynamic Democrats uh, to step up. I'm working on my own election,
2: and that's all I'm focused on right now. The president chooses uh, to run again in 2024.
4: I mean, first of all, I'm focused on winning this majority right now. I don't want to answer that question
3: because we have not, that's not, yeah, I don't want to answer that question.
0: Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble.
1: (laughs) I mean, yo. Not only do they not want to answer it, do they not want to talk, it's, it's the level of discomfort. Did you hear the AOC one? Uh, the, I mean, uh, I'm so focused right on, you know. Come on, man. I mean, bottom line is, you know, they want nothing to do with this guy running again. That's a real liability. They know how historically unpopular he is, and they're really trying to smash and grab because the majorities are so thin right now in Congress That any legislation they want to put on the iTunes user agreement and force this guy to sign needs to happen fast because the midterms are coming. And they're in a lot of trouble. Okay, that's the issue. But what's so funny is just how, you know, it's awkward. Like when it comes up, it's not as simple as like, uh, you know, I don't want him to run or I definitely want him to run again. It's like uh, they want to talk about anything. They're like, uh, you know, I'm just here to meet a hooker. Uh, He must be running late. I don't know what the deal is. Nobody wants to talk about Biden. It's it's crazy, but they don't want this guy to do the job.
0: A three-letter word, jobs,
3: J-O-B-S, jobs.
1: Partly because it is a three-letter word, as he said, uh, but unfortunately didn't quite count it correctly. Not even close. It's bad, Okay, It's a weird time to be because we have a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Mar-a-Lago raid. Got a ton of uncertainty in the Democratic Party in terms of who's going to be the next candidate. The only thing anybody knows for sure about that is Biden's not running and nobody wants Kamala.
3: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha!
1: We're going to discuss all of this and so much more. With my good buddy, Jessica Tarloff, who is going to join us in the next break. We'll trot out our S&M safe word, as we always do, in case this gets too contentious. But we will break bread across the aisle, gluten free, of course, right here on Fox Across America.
0: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, the world's on fire, but Republicans and Democrats are living up in harmony, at least in this studio anyway. Uh, But should things take a turn, this next guest has agreed uh, that we have a safe word. What is the safe word? It is pineapple. Joining me now to discuss politics from the other side of the aisle, my great friend, my dear friend Jessica Tarloff. Hey, girl.
4: Hey. I was going to be like, hey, girl, which is like. Should I say hey that? uh, I No, no. no.
1: Hey hey, they? Hey hey them?
4: Hey woman. By (laughs) birth, but maybe not anymore. No, I was thinking (laughs) that when you said the pineapple thing, what's funny is that I have a longer running joke and kind of political, but like pseudo, you know, sexual <laughs> arrangement Ooh. word with you than I do with my own husband who I met <laughs> far more recently than I started yelling about Mike Flynn on this show, which is why we came up with a safe word we, in the first place. It goes
1: back a long ways. <laughs> and I like reminding people we have a safe word called pineapple because it's the only time people hear me mention fruit ever. People <laughs> Not s-
4: part of your standard diet. Yeah, no.
1: People see me on TV maybe as a garnish in an alcoholic drink, but yeah, you don't hear a lot of fruit talk from Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but how are you? You're on the five today. That's my guess.
4: No. Oh, I was just on with Sandra. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm on the five tomorrow. Boom. Harold Ford Jr. will be holding down handsome the, uh, Harold. The very same. He's That honking. man is like. So charming, and I know he gets it, but like yeah. I don't think he understands the extent to which we all feel it—like men and women alike, just like falling as he walks by in the hallway.
1: <laughs> That's funny. I laughed. Jessica Tarloff is here, talking up her co-host on the Five, handsome Harold Ford. The man mm-hmm. is a snack. That's what I say. Oh yeah,
4: there you That's go. That's what the kids are saying.
1: But you know, you are one of my so
4: Gucci. Is that right? <laughs>
1: Do they say that too? I'll have I to ask Lincoln. So. Like Lincoln's pretty up on the slang. It's, yeah, it changes quick. it' seems cool. It, yeah. Well, let's talk about culture really quick. So Tim Scott was in here the other day, right? Yeah. I didn't know that Tim Scott, he's a big fan of, like, 80s pro wrestling. And I didn't know that. Like, I've talked to him about a lot of things. Yeah, because, like, who would know that? I know. But I no, no, he usually comes here and he'll talk movies. He'll talk sports with me. I You know, I'm always trying to, like, bring out a person instead of a policy. And uh, he's always been very cool, but he told me about wrestling. So I just want to ask you this as a political strategist, okay? (laughs) Cardi B. Yeah. In her new song, it's called The Hot S. It's got a verse from Kanye, from Yeezy. Uh, the opening lyric is about Jimmy Superfly Snooker, who is an old wrestler that Tim Scott brought up when we were talking privately. Should it, as a political strategist, should I somehow introduce Tim Scott and Cardi B? Would that give him the street cred to take over in 2020? In 20 the Republican Party? Yeah.
4: No, I don't think Cardi B you, is garnering even, but she even lived, the youngins but on the right.
1: Cardi B has done some TikToks where she oh, screams she's about amazing. taxation. Yes.
4: Taxation is theft. Yes. Cardi says her, the best Cardi video is her at the nail salon with Bernie. Uh
1: huh. I know that. Where where, yeah.
4: <laughs> Bernie is just like, why did my advisors tell me that this is what <laughs> I had to do? And she she's hilarious. No, I, I thought that her political videos around she did 2018 and she did yeah. 2016 as well um were fantastic because mm-hmm. i mean she's left-leaning but she's asking questions yeah. that a lot of us who mm-hmm. even you know believe in the benefits of big government are sitting around and saying like i cry when i get my paycheck i think that's like pretty normal um
1: <laughs> oh taxes man it's taxes. no it's, it sucks so i was i was just wondering if that would be good street cred for tim scott i think I it be- would
4: be an interesting angle i
1: believe she is broken up with offset because it would put Again? a, I I believe so. But it is a thing. Two
4: kids now, right? It,
1: yeah. But it, it would it would put a coat of mean pain on Tim Scott because he's such a nice guy. I he know. doesn't he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like of all the people in Washington, it's not a political statement. He has like the best story in that. Like he comes from a good. family where his grandfather was a sharecropper. He grew up in the deep south, the evolution of the southern. heart. It actually is the best story. And I'm always like I'm disappointed in the Republican Party that they don't elevate him more. Because he refutes so much of the criticism against them,
4: he's too good for them.
1: I, stop it! But I mean, I, no, I will, no, no I, I, I will not stop no, but I, it. But, but I will yeah. say this: but people are mad at him this week because he didn't instantly come out and condemn no, the Trump. he also rate is just
4: trying to hawk his book. I know, like let the man the has try to move minutes. product. <laughs>
1: And they're just like, hey, Trump, 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 Trump. He's like, well, in the book, Trump, I they're love, like, with well, the other Trump, you know? I love
4: how Gail King was like, that's really interesting, but I, I would really, I would like to know about that.
1: <laughs> at one point, she actually picked up his book and just threw it off the set. She's like, yeah, we're not doing this. Huh? And
4: I didn't read this anyway, so.
1: <laughs> Nobody, we only read the blurbs. Don't come in here with, so, no,
4: t- I look at who blurbed you. Yeah. Then I decide what I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Tarloff is in studio. Well, I don't know. I just think he needs a code of mean, but I also think parties are doing this one thing wrong. This. Is I want to talk to you about. OK, like the Republicans, um, are, they're in this militant, you know, Trump got raided. And for all we know, it could have been unjust. They, they haven't exactly been great towards him in the past. But then again, until we know, we don't know. But this idea that we are instantaneously like I have Republicans all in my feet on Twitter, like screw Tim Scott. I'll never talk to him again. Yeah. I'm like, you can't have a party that way. Nope. It, it can't be do what I want the second I want it or you're dead to me. You can't maintain majorities like that. So this is what I wanted to ask you, because I saw you say this on The Five yesterday, and you you do this really well, to your credit. I know there are members of the Democratic Party you're not crazy about. You know, you would say, like, yeah, you don't – I would probably say Ilhan Omar doesn't speak for you. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. I I don't
4: know a Jew she does speak for.
1: That's a good point. Right. Okay, you can only harangue Israel not so many times. Not to use times. my
4: identity politics in this, but <laughs> I am a Jew.
1: But it's like part of like politics is, is like straddling this idea right. that there's not you know going to be consensus unanimously. But I think both parties have gotten to this dangerous place. I mean, one of the reasons the Democrats are having a hard time passing legislation, okay, this is going to go through, is because they need 100% support, right? You know, and so you know, Mansion and Cinema only have the power that they do because they're not issuing any legislation that might attract Republican support. And the Republicans did that a lot, too, with their majorities. So do you ever think we're going to get back to this place where it's not so transactional, it's not so, you know, it's not so partisan? Because it's all the legislation we passed right now is so hyper-partisan. Whenever the parties change power, somebody takes out a pen and undoes whatever the last team did.
4: Totally. I, there is one huge exception, okay. which is that it was, at one time, actually Infrastructure Week. Yeah, right? Yeah. And 13... Republicans in in the Senate, including Mitch McConnell, signed on for that. And I think that is important because infrastructure is the fundamentals, Mm -hmm. right? It's how we all got to work today. Mm -hmm. It's how we're going to get home. It's how we get to visit our families at the holidays, all that stuff. But putting that aside, I don't think so. And I've been talking about this a lot with people kind of in the last few weeks Mm -hmm. as, you know, Joe Biden has indisputably had a few good weeks, right? You take out like, the number two in Al Qaeda. You get it. Not uh, it's not nothing. It's not nothing, right? Like, and I was, when Trump took out Soleimani, cheerleader. Well, you, weren't at the was- right.
1: you weren't at the Washington Nationals game that night. They booed him for it. They're like, how dare you?
4: I like that guy. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> you know, Blockbuster, again- Jobs Report, all oh. these things. And people are so quick to go to their corners and they're so dug in that I don't see an environment in which we're ever going to elect a government with a real mandate. Yeah. Right? Like, we only have these two seats in Georgia because mm-hmm. Trump went out and told his voters Listen, not to show up. I've
1: said that. And people are like, he didn't cost them Georgia. I'm like, he kind of He knows did. he
4: did it too. I know. You know, right. no, but
1: no, I agree. I'm not even disagreeing so with you on that. And so, when you
4: have a majority, I mean, Kamala Harris, they were, you know, putting it out there like this was some exciting accolade that she's now the vice president that's cast the most tie breaking votes in history. That sucks, I know, right? know. like means, we're that not even that's midterms, line. yeah. And right? It's all party line, and it's all how can we get Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. To sign on to this, and people couldn't even put their amendments through. Yeah. You know, senators were online tweeting out, I would do this, but everything is too fragile. Mm -hmm. And democracy is nice if you can keep it, right? The fragility of everything is so top of mind, especially when you watch the January 6th stuff. Mm -hmm. Whatever you thought about it, Mm -hmm. you know, not the people who actually thought it was a good thing. I'm not talking to you. I mean, I'm talking to you, but I'm not agreeing (laughs) with you. But – you have a palpable sense of how things could just go the other way, right? Mm -hmm. What if someone did hang Mike Pence, right? Mm -hmm. What if there were more armed insurgents who got inside there and suddenly they opened fire on Nancy Pelosi, whatever it might be? It was
1: a mess, and we should all be able to condemn it. I think that's part of the problem, though, is that – There's a good percentage of the Republican Party that really did condemn it in real time. Okay, we did. Right,
4: Uh, but then they played takesy baxies Okay. I mean, you
1: could play the tape. Well, because there's this. This part of the issue is, too. I mean, I think you would concede there's a lot of people on the right that don't like the idea that the Democrats didn't really own the George Floyd summer. You know, that there was, like, a little bit of a double standard on political violence when it comes to that. Now, you can say that wasn't the same as storming the Capitol, but it was storming 13 cities and doing $2 billion worth of damage. And what I think there is... I think there is like a little bit of a you know I, I think everybody has a has a double standard when it comes to political violence uh, because I think we 're just so hyper partisan but i the, the bigger point and i we were just discussing this is that everybody is governing in such a hyper partisan way, and I just think that's destructive because we 've now kind of created this mindset that literally everything you want to do as a liberal means you're trying to destroy the country. Right. And literally everything I'd want to do as a conservative means I'm trying to destroy the country. And it's like the country flourished. The country was pro- probably peaked because there was this admission that the other side wasn't literally Hitler, and they just had different ways of solving the problem than we do. Right. I don't think we're there anymore. You know, no. That's my problem. And like to the bill, the, the bill that's being billed as a win uh, you know, on the left anyway, the Inflation Reduction Act, doesn't look like it reduces inflation, but it prioritizes a lot of things liberals wanted, so I guess that's why they call it a win. But are you concerned? Like when you look at like top issues, climate change and adding to the IRS, nobody got out of bed saying that on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if they even said to add to the IRS. Definitely the not the IRS side. part. Yeah. Climate
4: part, I think plenty of liberals yes, left liberals. up. No, said, liberals, yes.
1: I'm saying conservatives. No. I, I consider climate change. It's funny. I can, so we're talking to Jessica Tarloff. Hold on to your pineapple card in case you need it. <laughs> I consider climate change white privilege. Do you want to hear why? Because And nobody I know is a guy who spent a lot of time driving a cab, who lives in like a rough inner city, who can barely afford goods right now or gas, and is really fearing for their lives when they go shopping late at night because crime is bad. Uh, none of them are worried about the weather in 50 years. They don't have the luxury. They don't have. I get it. They don't have the privilege. I almost. I consider. I don't like to use the word white privilege. I think identity politics is silly. But I actually consider climate change to be like a really lucky thing to focus on.
4: I don't know because part of climate change is also environmental justice, and I know that that sounds. What does like, that mean? Yeah, it's right, like I was that. about to be like, that sounds like a lefty word. Yeah, what college
1: used, campus am I on right now?
4: I have a PhD, so I can say. <laughs> oh environmental come justice. on, you
1: and your weather equity.
4: No, Go so. Ahead. What it is is that, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. you have better conditions. The weather is the same like the sun will come out tomorrow, right, but it will affect there's a new piece I think it's in The Times about the degree difference the actual temperature degrees um in East Harlem mm-hmm. versus midtown mm-hmm. right, and how much hotter it is because of the way the infrastructure has been built. Uh-huh. Out there, So there are people out there that are going to have heat stroke that you're not going to have if you're in Midtown, let's say, mm-hmm. um, or you look at a, a great environmental justice example is Flint, Michigan, mm-hmm. right? That are, their pipes were effed mm-hmm. for years and years, yeah. and they have a generation of kids that were poisoned by this, mm-hmm. and the argument goes that if that had been – Like where we live, out on Long Island or certainly in downtown Manhattan, if those pipes had been like that there, it would have been fixed in two seconds.
1: Because you're saying the white kids would be the priority?
4: They would be the priority because also the parents would, A, have the clout to be able to go to whoever needs to be – whether it's a health commissioner, whatever it is. They would be making a ruckus. They would be using the bully pulpit to do it.
1: Let me just jump in because I feel like in a weird way – like. You know, like black families, black parents, they do have the clout in 2022. We just had a black president. You know, we've got black, you know, p- people in very prominent roles in government right He's now. He's only half black. But I've said... <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> oh, Jessica Tarloff is in the house. I feel like a lot of that sells these communities short in the modern era. It's like when they were talking about voter ID being, uh, you know, voter suppression. Right, it's
4: too much work for you to go and get I your mean, ID, come on, like... it's like
0: insulting. Well, if... Jim
4: Clyburn even said that. He was like, if you change these modern modifications in the bill mm-hmm. and make sure that this is more accessible mm-hmm. then i'm fine with there being a voter idea provision and a bunch of white liberals were sitting around looking like you know yeah jack because ace. i feel like a
1: lot of the grievance on behalf of the black community comes from white liberals and i don't think the black community asked for a lot of these priorities like i don't think the black community is yelling about climate change i don't think the black community is yelling about more irs no. and i don't think they're yelling to defund the police i think white people are
4: i i definitely think That's right. And they're I mean, they have part of the problem is is that in general, we think that we're all not having the same experience, and we are. Mm -hmm. Human experience is the same, right? Like that we grow up, we go to school, we hopefully we fall in love, we make another round of these people, and then everything we do is about making life better Mm -hmm. for those little people that we created. Ideally. That's universal. Mm -hmm. And That gets hijacked all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And there's so much bad information, especially when it comes to policy about what's in this or that, you know, like the bill. um, I couldn't understand. I saw just the headline. Every Republican votes against contraception. I was like, that's not possible, right? Like, you know.
1: There's always something else in the bill or something something There's always
4: something buried in there. And you're going to get bad headlines. And then whatever, you know, your cable news channel of choices is going to run with this headline and the other one is going to run with the opposite headline. And we never get anywhere. Mm -hmm. But- I think that there is a way to treat each other as equals with also acknowledging that there are some circumstances that are not shared.
1: You know, all right, I would agree with that. OK, but you know what I think is making it impossible? I just talked about this on Harris's show. Um, I just think social media because I, I, I really. It's a misery. Yeah. And I just think it's incentivizing conflict in the worst way. It rewards the most toxic portrayal. Like if I get on if I get on Twitter and say, you know, Jessica Taro is a liberal, but I love her. I got 80 likes coming. But if I'm like this commie whore. I've got 500 easy, maybe 1,000. If you add
4: in LibTart? Maybe
1: an offer. Well, if I added LibTart, I have an offer to host a show on Newsmax waiting to. I mean, I got all of it now. But the point is, that's the thing, that's the problem is that we're in this position of like, it's, it's forcing, it's rewarding conflict. And I just hate that we're rewarding the worst impulses in both parties because the truth is, in my party and in your party, the people getting the most heat are the most militant ones. I mean, if you look at the primaries, the people who have the most money are usually the most outlandish people, don't you think?
4: Well, sometimes, but then there are cases like- <laughs> Sometimes
1: they're getting it from the other party, the people well, who that, are the most
4: I don't love that game,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
4: Um. personally. Uh-huh. I loved Richie Torres, who's a congressman um, mm-hmm. from New York, was on uh, ABC Sunday a couple weeks ago, and he said, like, the DCCC is not God. Like, let voters decide Mm -hmm. about this. Um, But, you know, extraordinary times require extraordinary measures. And on my side, there's a lot of frustration from rank-and-file Democrats that Mitch McConnell is going to fight so dirty – and then we're just going to be like, oh, no, no. no. I don't like, know.
1: But I wouldn't give you this because the Republicans think the same thing. Every Republican is like, these guys are a bunch of wusses. They don't fight as hard as the That's Democrats. They rated Maryland. You guys are evil because, beast monkeys. Guys, stop it. <laughs> Get her out of here. I'm not just a pineapple, not because it's a safe word, just to throw it at her. I mean, come on. Get her out. Get her out of here. You were doing so well, Tarloff. I love you. I'm mean- Go have that another, wasn't that bad. Go raid another ex-president, your weaponized Justice Department, you dirtbag. Mayor
4: Garland, <laughs> I never knew I loved you.
1: Oh, he's the worst. Thank God Is he's he not on go- the Supreme. I mean, yes. I just...
4: Just release all the information. Oh, and, Me- and
1: Merrick Garland is going to make a statement at 2.30 on the briefing. You know
4: what I'll be doing.
1: <laughs> you know what I'll be doing at 2.31, calling you the worst names imaginable. I want some well, likes. Well, you have
4: to get your listeners Mikey, back.
1: Mikey, destroy this tape immediately.
4: Also, I was going to say, <laughs> as evidence of how messed up everything is, when you said, if I you know, wrote this, I get 80 likes, I was like, 80 likes is a lot, because I'm a liberal on a conservative network, and like, <laughs> I'm like, I went viral, guys. It's like,
1: 80, 80 likes. we well, moving on. Oh, there it is—the Jeffersons. J.T. the greatest.
4: Oh, like the Jeffersons are. <laughs> you. Oh yeah. I'll give you. And the hope. Jeffersons right. is really good too.
1: My radio wheezy
0: will always have this. <laughs> Back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a
2: mess. It's a mess.
0: This is Fox Across America.
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You can hang out with me tomorrow on the television side with the great Martha McCallum. You'll see me Saturday night with the lovely and talented Lawrence Jones. If you want to do it in person, I will be at the Encore next Friday in the Lake of the Ozarks. Rumors of a Jenny Fallon sighting at that one. That's a 7 o'clock show. And then the following weekend, August 26th, August 27th, I will be at the Nugget. Carson, Nevada, baby. Uh, Tickets for that at ccnugget.com. And then we're heading out to Iowa, uh, to the Bridgeview Center in Ottumwa, October 15th. And then November 5th, Vegas, baby. Uh, that is the Red Rocks Casino, Saturday night, November the 5th. You can get tickets for both the Iowa gig and the Vegas gig at Ticketmaster.com. Hey, girl. In the next hour, uh, my comedy career, not the focus, Diamond Dave Landau, as good of a friend as I have in the business, going to stop by for a State of the Union, discuss the ongoing tit-for-tat between Eric Adams and Greg Abbott. We're also going to talk about that BS infrastructure bill Jessica Tarloff was just pushing or whatever it was, something about reducing inflation. I trust Tom Brady to reduce inflation more than the Democrats, and I'm not just saying that because she's sitting here. <laughs>
0: live from everywhere USA it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon here we go here we go comedy! Alive live
1: from the greatest country in the world although it's about to get a little nutty out there in these streets Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon I'll explain why uh, this was supposed to be a pretty easy going two o'clock hour Comedian Dave Landau was going to stop by. That's always a good time. couple of wildly offensive jokes. You know, we were going to throw the challenge flag at this new climate change act. It's, it's called the Reduce Inflation Act. Does it reduce inflation? Of course not. We were excited to yuck it up and laugh about it. But we have just learned uh, that Attorney General Eric, uh, Eric Merrick Garland, confusing him with our legendary board op, Eric, we have Eric on loan from The Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, But Attorney General Merrick Garland is actually going to speak into this hour. Uh, We are on standby right now. He is going to speak. We are told about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. This is significant because right now both sides are operating in the dark. We don't know why they went there. The only thing we know is this has never happened to a president before. So there needs to be a really high bar an absolute certainty of there being a crime, or this looks like an abuse of the justice system. It looks like a fishing expedition. Let's go in there looking for nothing in particular and hope to come back with something. That's what a lot of people feel. That's true. That is true. So Merrick Garland, we hope, is going to offer us some type of clarity so we can lower the thermostat. Now, unfortunately, we might not be able to do that because if he shows up and says, no, you know, I was just here because he's a little late returning these library books to the archives. It's going to be a really big problem. It's going to be a really big problem because it's, you know, an outright admission that they have turned the DOJ against a former president. Again, something that's not supposed to happen in a first world country, something that's not supposed to happen in the shining city on the hill that we call America, where everybody's supposed to have freedom. Okay, a lot of Trump's freedoms, a lot of Trump civil rights, you know, to some people, they feel like they have been infringed upon. Now, the man's not in jail. But if, in fact, there are some criminal charges coming his way, Lord knows where this is going to take us. So buckle up, because it is going to be a mess of an hour, just a mess of an hour and a mess of a day. You know, I get on the air every day and I try to say I'm the calm voice in the huddle. Remember John Candy? You know, remember that whole Joe Montana story where he's leading the 49ers to a comeback win against the Bengals? And as they get in the Huddle, 90 yards to go. The first thing he does is point to the stands and go, hey, is that John Candy? And everybody in the huddle was like, wow, that's amazing. He's looking at people. He must be really calm. We should be calm, too.
0: Oh, you're right. And when you're
3: right, you're right. And you, you're always right.
1: And Joe Montana had that soothing effect on his team. That's always the goal when I get on the show. I'm trying to be a force multiplier of positive energy, a force multiplier of calm, you know, of reason. Because we're in a bad spot in our country right now. Okay, everybody hates each other. We've never been as politically divided as we have been in the modern era. And it's a real tough place to be as a guy who is blessed with the opportunity to reach millions of people every day. I'm trying to use this platform for good, man. I never give you homework, but uh, I I would appreciate it tonight if whatever direction this thing goes in, we don't turn into, you know, full on partisan, you know, military mode where that's it. Merrick Garland said what? I'm going to social media. All we can do in the meantime is speculate. The tail of the tape going into this Merrick Garling briefing is what? We know that the Department of Justice has operated in an underhanded fashion towards Donald Trump in the past. The Mueller probe was a gross abuse of power. The Mueller probe was banana republic stuff. They literally falsified documents to trigger a special counsel against a president accused of working with the Russians – simply because his opponent accused him of working with the Russians. I'm Hillary Clinton,
3: and I approve this message.
1: She created a counter-narrative to her private email scandal. You know, something that was what? Dragging her down in the polls because she mishandled classified information. Well, her mishandling of classified information did not result in an FBI raid. It resulted in a series of pleasant phone calls. We know you have this information. When can you come down? You know what? We'll come by your place. It's a Sunday. Bill's probably going to want some time to himself out on the town anyway. Go make nice with the local ladies in the coffee shop.
0: I believe that together we can make America great again.
1: But she did get the white glove treatment. Trump got 30 agents, nine hours, didn't show him the warrant, kicked out his attorneys at first, cracked open his safe and went through Melania's closet. That's just how white folks will do you. Went right through his wife's closet. The Newsweek report is because there was a mole at Mar-a-Lago that told the FBI, well, there's something bad down at Mar-a-Lago, and I know where to find it, and sent them on you know, a goose chase. That's, that's the most information we have. That doesn't mean it's true. Again, this is all speculation. So what we're hoping is we get real clarity from Merrick Garland because the longer this goes on, the worse it is for the country. Again, I'm new to this show. It's a little more than two years old. I actually care. OK, I am very open with you. I might not care in five years. I might be on like wife number three because Jenny got her hands on some money. The minute she does, she is gone. Uh, you know, Lincoln might stick around to play me in Madden. But, oh, Jenny, she is just holding out for like contract number three. And God, who, who could blame her? Uh, you don't want to be married to this mess. But the point is right now I care. And, I, and, and it bothers me that we have a country in the position that we do where literally half the country is not going to trust whatever Merrick Garland says today. And I can't be that mad at them because we saw the Mueller probe. We saw the Ukraine impeachment. We've seen every underhanded tactic to oust Donald Trump from power. And we've seen the Justice Department be compliant with a lot of that stuff, which is why no one's going to trust them. You know, then there's the other part of the country that has a bloodlust for Donald Trump. Let's end this man politically. A lot of them want to end his life, period, meaning throw him in jail. I'm not saying you want to kill him, but when he got COVID, let's not act like everybody was on Twitter sending well wishes. Oh, my God, it was disgusting disgusting. And I think that's the problem with where we are. The people who are supposed to be in charge, you know, the people that are supposed to be the adults in the room, they've done nothing. They've done nothing to restore order. You can tell us January 6th. Oh, so bad. And it was. We condemned it in real time. But did anybody on the left condemn their violence when they were ransacking the country in the summer of 20? The answer would be no. No, because it was, you know an election year. They're trying to win an election. If you remember, when they were burning down black-owned businesses in the name of racial equality, Kamala Harris was tweeting to bail out the protesters.
3: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha-ha!
1: But we were told, you know, the country's as fractured as it's ever been. Joe Biden's going to get into office, and he's going to get out there, and he's going to calm things down. Dude, Joe Biden got into office and said anybody who doesn't agree with him ...is a white supremacist. Oh, this Georgia voter ID law? This is Jim Crow on steroids is what it is. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Does that really unite the country? You're, you're worse than Jim Crow? You know, an era in this country where they were violently denying people access to the polls? Beating them, killing them, burning their houses down, charging them all kinds of poll taxes grandfather clauses, literacy tests, anything in between. That's what they were doing in Jim Crow. Joe Biden started off his presidency by hijacking the Major League All-Star game, moving it out of Atlanta, Georgia, which is the second biggest majority black municipality in the country. Atlanta, Georgia, 51% black. Okay, $100 million worth of commerce taken out of Atlanta. That's not right. They moved it to Denver, a city that is... 9% black, run by a Democrat, oh, by the way, and gave them the $100 million. This is politics as usual. But you understand, in those politics as usual, the level of hypocrisy, the level of division fomented. Okay, every one of these corporations, Coca-Cola who sells alcohol, Delta who occasionally flies airplanes, if you're lucky enough to win the lottery and get one on one of their flights that actually takes off, every one of them protested Georgia's voter ID law. Okay, what does every single one of them request from you if you want their products, whether they're alcoholic or you're just boarding one of their planes? They want an ID. So, again, it's wrong for Georgia to want an ID at the polls. So, Major League Baseball is taking its business elsewhere. But when you get to that elsewhere, if you want to buy a beer or pick up your tickets, you need to show that same ID. Do you get how stupid this is? But do you get how divisive that was? Okay, and this went on at every turn. He told told you COVID was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's the problem. It's all these unvaccinated people. They're the reason we have this whole COVID mess right now. Vaccinated people, including Joe Biden, who has been vaccinated now four times, Joe Biden, four vaccines. I don't remember that ever happening. It happened four separate times. Okay, And he's still out there calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, despite the fact that his four-time vaccinated ass has gotten COVID, has tested positive twice in the last two weeks. You know who else has? Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. The people who were sent here, according to them, according to their promises, to unite us have done more than anybody alive— to divide us, okay, these people in Washington who now have us at the precipice of learning in the next 15, 20 minutes whether or not they weaponize their own Justice Department against a political opponent, they are destroying the country. I'm not asking you to vote Republican in the midterms. I'm not an activist. I don't care who you vote for. But vote for people who your horse sense tells you genuinely care about the effect on, they have on society because a lot of these people don't. A lot of these people really don't care. They want the clout. They want the currency. They want the social media heat. They want the lobbyist money. Me, 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 me. Okay, there's not a lot of fighting out there over you. They're fighting for power. They'll spy on Trump, throw him out of office. They'll overlook, you know, 13 riots in Democratic-run cities in an election year over the killing of George Floyd. They'll tell you he's a martyr and a saint. Listen, I'm not be the first guy to tell you the cop shouldn't have knelt on his neck, but don't embarrass yourself and tell me George Floyd was some kind of hero to kids. Guy was a junkie. He was on fentanyl. Guy pulled a knife on a pregnant woman. Guy shouldn't be on murals. That guy should not be lionized. You know, we're here on the anniversary of Mike Brown. Mike Brown's killed. Okay, the anniversary was this week. And Benjamin Crump, that huckster, civil rights attorney, out there tweeting about hands up, don't shoot, and we got to keep fighting for Mike Brown. Mike Brown is fighting a cop, okay? Barack Obama's Justice Department confirmed that hands up, don't shoot was a myth, and it never happened. Tell it like it is. Okay, but there are still people out there today running with that narrative. What do all of those people have in common? Every single one of them. Is a Democrat. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. The people who yell and scream all the time about uniting the country. America needs to have a conversation. The minute you disagree with them, they're like, you're literally Hitler. You should be in jail. We've got to get all your sponsors to boycott your product. They don't want a conversation. They want agreement. Bingo. Okay, but we're not going to have agreement today at 230 because they took a fire that had already been burning after the hyperpartisan 2016 election that spilled in into the F for all that was the 2020 election. And they fanned those flames of division harder at every single turn. We're in a really bad spot as a country. I had Jessica Tarloff on in the last hour. I had Kevin Walling on earlier in the week. I'll have more Democrats next week. We've got to be able to get to a place where the reasonable people are being spoken to, okay, before there aren't any reasonable people left. Okay, they tell you every day we live in the greatest country in the world. And believe me, to the rest of the world, okay, we really do live in the greatest country in the world. We're the most tolerant and inclusive, most prosperous country, most, you know, the wealthiest country. We have the most upward mobility for people of every race, for whatever your identity happens to be, white, black, gay, straight, trans. Uh Pokemon, Pikachu, Mario Luigi, Yankee Met Nick Islander, Ranger, doesn't matter, whatever the hell you want to be, okay, there's no better place on earth to be it than right here in America. That's just the reality. And to the rest of the world, yes, we live in an arcade. Okay, we're just out here playing games, having a good time, okay? unlimited quarters. It's just like a kid's birthday party where they give you 5 million tokens at Chuck E. Cheese. You go out and win 37 trillion tickets and then trade it in for one Jolly Rancher. Where's the justice? I don't know. Certainly not at Chuck E. Cheese. And we're certainly not finding it here in the American arcade where I'm telling you our way of doing business is running us out of quarters really quickly.
0: The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America.
1: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, awaiting Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to speak about the raid at mora lago all we know right now is what we've heard from donald trump's attorneys here's lindsey halligan she was on with sean hannity clip one
4: so i arrived around 11 a.m and there were about 30 to 40 fbi agents that i saw five of which were wearing suits the rest were in uh cargo pants masks and gloves and they basically had unfettered access to the property. They refused to talk to me, refused to let me in. All I knew is that they were uh, searching areas one, two, and three, which I understood to be the former president's bedroom, uh, his office, and a storage room. And other than that, we were not allowed to talk to them or go inside at all.
1: Not good. Okay. Uh, She gave additional color on this, but from what we know, 30 to 40 agents, some in suits, some in, you know— raid gear, and uh, they're ripping through the guy's house, meaning they're there, they should be there anyway, looking for something very specific. The hope is that Merrick Garland gives us what that specific thing is, because otherwise this does look, again, it's very Banana Republic. And what I'm interested to see now, you know, knowing what we know, knowing what we don't know, because Scott Perry was on Tucker last night. I was on Tucker. The great Brian Kilmeade was hosting. Scott Perry was the guest before me. Uh, he talked about the FBI taking his cell phone, which, again, very disconcerting. But here it is, clip 10. There are three FBI agents. Of course, like you said, I'm traveling with my family. Uh, we have two young daughters. I'm with my uh, my elderly in-laws. And, uh, you know, they, they want to take my cell phone. And I said, you know, could you contact my attorney? You know, why wh- why does this have to happen, you know, out on the street? And how did you find me, by the way? And, of course, they wouldn't answer that question. Uh, they said they were going to image the cell phone and return it sometime later since I didn't have a phone. And this is my personal cell phone, Brian. I have a, uh, you know, I have a uh, a, a official cell phone. They don't, they don't want that. So this is my personal cell phone that I talk to my wife on, that I talk to my children on, my constituents. I mean, dude, that's a little out there. Okay, they took his personal phone. Okay, and yes, it does look like an intimidation tactic. And it has a lot of people nervous that, you know— if you're not a member of the correct party that the justice department's out to get you. Now that being said, this is where our politics fails us. Politics is very reductive. Okay, I don't know what Scott Perry did. I mean, I know him to be a man of integrity, but I've had very minimal interaction with him. I don't know what Donald Trump might have done. I've just seen the justice department try to, you know, railroad the guy in the past. I am not discounting the fact that the FBI could be onto something. I'm very cynical, but our politics are so reductive now. That, you know, people are also out there telling you that, you know, this is an absolute this is an absolute abuse of power or it's an absolutely not an abuse of power on the left. The truth is we just don't know and we need to find out. So as we're sitting here, we're just killing time. We're just waiting for Merrick Garland to speak. He's supposed to speak at a sharp 230. But if we know anything about this administration, they're not exactly known for their punctuality. Not even close. And, you know, Merrick Garland is as establishment as they come. And that's why no one believes he didn't know about the raid. That's why no one believes Joe Biden didn't know about the raid. Now, to be fair, Joe Biden probably did know about the raid and then just forgot that they told him about the raid. That's always a possibility. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. We're about to find out. So don't go anywhere. Merrick Garland set to speak at the Justice Department. We see the reporters assembled. We're going to get to it live when we come back on Fox Across America.
0: It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, you bet it is. We are awaiting word from your Attorney General Merrick Garland. He is scheduled to speak any second now at the Justice Department. It's on every channel everywhere. I mean, you know, in this, in this studio where I do the show at Fox News Headquarters... Uh, It's it's very fancy. It makes me look a lot more credible than I am. Like people come in here in my family and they're like, wow, Jimmy's really got his life together. Wrong. Okay, but it's nice. And uh, we're being told, I guess there's about a two-minute warning here uh, about when he is going to speak. Here's what we do know, okay. And this is uh, reporting that's circulating now. On June 3rd, the FBI visited Mar-a-Lago to retrieve uh, requested documents and a subpoena that the president had been complying with, just so we're on the same page. FBI officials, June 3rd, asked to see a storage facility where some presidential records were located. They asked the staff to put a lock on that storage room, which the staff did. So this is all compliance. Source also says Trump and his staff were and are committed to being in compliance with the Records Act, which requires presidential administrations to preserve certain documents. Trump received that subpoena two months prior to the raid. Okay, which took place, obviously, early Monday morning. And the source who is speaking on the condition of anonymity, who's familiar with the raid, uh, is questioning whether the federal magistrate judge, you know, the guy who donated to Obama twice. They're wondering if that guy who signed off on the warrant for this raid was aware of the fact that Trump was being cooperative with the subpoena. Meaning this did this guy go out and just green light this thing because he hates Trump. He's donated to Obama. He's connected to Epstein. And then the FBI went in there and tore things up. And now under the guise of a misunderstanding, they may have actually found something they shouldn't have found, and maybe now Trump's in trouble. We don't have the clarity on this. All we know is that if the FBI wanted additional documents, according to this source familiar involved in the investigation, another subpoena would have gotten them because Trump and his team were, quote, very cooperative and turned over documents and records responsive to the subpoena that was issued in the spring. Uh, The source also telling Fox News that Trump's staff have been interviewed by the FBI with regard to these archive investigations over the last several months. The FBI interviewed staff who moved boxes from the White House, uh, from administrative staff and from others who helped to organize his departure from the Oval and questioned those individuals on what they were involved in moving. So this is very much, according to the statement, about the relocation of presidential records, which I will tell you. When two administrations leave the White House, the turnaround, according to people who come on this show pretty frequently that were involved in the last two transitions, tell me is about six hours. I know that sounds psychotic, but they sweep out all of one guy's belongings. It's like you're leaving a hotel room and they've got to turn it over for the new guest to check in. For all intents and purposes, that's what it is, the White House, people's house, man. And uh, apparently the accusation here is some records might have come with Trump. That should have stayed in the chaos. If that's all we're talking about here, this is a wanton abuse like this raid should not have happened. This is, again, you're responding to a parking ticket with a SWAT raid. Understand, mishandling classified information traditionally has not even resulted in jail time. Okay, people have gotten community service. People have paid $100,000 fines. Well, there were some people who mishandled communication to the moon and back and didn't get anything at all. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But the point is, okay, right now, it seems like the response was a little too heavy handed. And Merrick Garland may be out there giving us some update. But based on the current reporting we have as of two minutes ago, this is related to a record search, okay, to the National Archives. To the presidential library, stuff that goes to the archives, you understand, ultimately comes back to the president when he opens his presidential library, stuff that is classified. He holds the highest autonomy within the government to declassify, literally waves his hand, not classified. There you go. So we don't know. We know theories. Some people on the right say, well, maybe he actually has dirt on the FBI for all the dirty things they did to him. They realized it. He took a box he wasn't supposed to. And they want to go down there and they want to get it back. That can't be good. We don't know that's true. You know, then there's some people out there saying, oh, I heard he actually has classified information and he's selling it. That can't be good. No, he's not. Donald Trump is not Dr. Evil. This is not an Austin Powers movie. Okay, this is the problem I have in this moment is we all knew Donald Trump. Whether you liked him or you hated him. He was a member of polite society in this country for decades. This guy that went on The View all the time, went on. Barbara Walters all the time, at one point had a cordial relationship with Rosie O'Donnell before he started to describe her in different ways.
0: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
1: Okay, but he was a guy that was very much a part of the fabric of polite society. And when he ran for president, all of those people who had formerly been his friends. Come to all three of his weddings, taking his political donations. They all turned around and were like, oh, this is not the Donald Trump I knew. Oh, what are you? I've never seen this guy. You shut your mouth, you bastard. And they did that because it was politically expedient. But they started to build the legend. Of this Thanos-like supervillain, capable of any level of corruption, any devious deed, a man hell-bent on overthrowing America from within. What the hell is wrong with you? Not me, them. And they believed it. That's why in this moment, right now, Merrick Garland's getting ready to speak. Half the country won't believe what he says because, again, we know about all the milf building they've done to build this Trumpian supervillain. But the other half, they actually believe their own bullshit. So this is a really perilous perch to find ourselves on as a country. And we're waiting for them to speak. All I can tell you on my TV right now, and there's, wow, there's a lot of screens in here. I better get my life together. <laughs> wow. This is one of those moments where Jimmy realizes, you know, well, yeah, you really have kind of taken a step up in class. Shannon Bream, who is just the newly named host of Fox News Sunday, which is as good of a win for this network as we're ever going to have, uh, she is on screen right now. And she is, you know, waiting for Merrick Garland to walk out. They're showing the podium at the Justice Department. They're showing plenty of B-roll from Mar-a-Lago. God knows we have a lot of it because the feds were there for nine hours. Okay, this is a president of the United States. We're 246 years old. 246. Do you know how many times the Department of Justice has raided a president of the United States? If you answered zero, you made money. Okay, Everything about this presidency is unprecedented. Okay, we've never had a president impeached twice, and to be clear, should have been impeached once. We've never had a president who almost lost power through a soft coup by his own Justice Department that was trying to create the perception that he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Okay, that's what they were going with. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Okay, but they didn't care about the effect it had on our country. That's the part that drives me nuts, man. People don't actually care, and it bothers me as someone who still does. Maybe, again, maybe I'll get to that place where I'm just like everybody else, but I'm not there. And I just can't imagine being willing to inject things into the political bloodstream that I know are going to make society more turbulent, that I know is going to cause more division and damage. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine being so self-absorbed with what it is I want that I'm willing to corrupt the lives of literally millions of people to get what I want. We're at a bad place as a society when people are capable of doing that because that's not politics. That's not Republicans. That's not Democrats. That's a bunch of sociopaths. It's a really weird one out there right now. And Merrick Garland, I got to tell you, we were joking because we're like, oh, Merrick Garland, you know, scheduled to speak at 2.30. But again, this administration, not always on time. Come on, man. Never on time. I guess when he said 2.30, he didn't technically say... What time zone? He might have meant 2.30 central. Maybe it was Hawaii time where our producer Mikey is going tomorrow. Mikey, really quick because you are leaving and the listeners aren't going to have to put up with you for a week, uh, which is a win. I kid. Uh, how rowdy do you get on vacation? Let's just We might as well talk because all I'm doing is speculating about Merrick Garland. How rowdy does a guy like Mikey get on vacation? Because I've seen you when you travel for work um, and, and the audience has only heard the things I can say on the air. But where, where does your vacation, Mikey, measure up on a scale of one to Tampa, Mikey? Ooh, one to Tampa. That's t- well, you know, it really depends on the day. You know, you have days where you're just doing a lot, like uh-huh. we're gonna go see volcanoes and stuff. Nice. You know, yeah. and then days where you're just hanging out by the pool. Okay. You know, we had a day last year where we spent the whole day on a boat, and that was a little bit of a rowdy day, so you know, really- yeah, rowdy boat stuff. I mean, yeah. If you want to see a volcano, go on to Truth Social after Merrick Garland speaks. <laughs> Trump's <laughs> gonna true. have a lot to say. Eric is our guest engineer today from the Brian Kilmeade show, and uh, he's as good as they come. Eric, let me ask you: so We don't get to speculate on the air a lot. What do you think's coming from Merrick Garland right now? Just out of curiosity, hmm. we talk. I know. I you know. We've, heard, we've all heard they've, all these all these theories. You they've, know,
0: they've been quiet for a few days now. Yeah. So I kind of feel like if he comes out, he's got something to say. I mean, he better.
1: If you come out after all of this, and you're just like, yeah, you know, he wasn't cooperating. It's the equivalent of a late library book. Yeah, this set the country on fire.
0: They've had a couple of days to go through these documents. Yeah. So I think maybe he's going to try to make it. You know. Look, uh-huh. you know what? We got something.
1: See, look here. Look. Wow. You know what we're going to wind up with? We're going to wind up with like a Stormy Daniels video. And we're all going to be like, if I got to watch one more of these Stormy Daniels. I mean, I did research for that story. You know, if I got to watch one more of these, what's going on? They're going to bring back Avenatti. They're going to revive his presidential campaign. We, act, we don't know. And I'm only kind of like recklessly speculating and trying to lighten the mood because we might be minutes away from something that really darkens the mood, folks. I mean, we're all taking this ride together and it might really just break the country in half. That's the concern. So I'm sitting over here as your conversational port in the storm. We're going to take a quick break in hopes that he'll be back on the mic by the time we get back.
0: The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox
1: Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We were told by the Justice Department that our Attorney General Merrick Garland was going to speak at 2.30. He is now 20 full minutes behind the schedule. This is Biden-esque. But Biden, again, they have to shoot him up with B12 or hop him up on Adderall. You know, there's a reason they got to get him out there. Read the prompter, make sure the font's big enough. Keep the shock collar on in case he tries to riff and, you know, go off message. Sees a little girl in the audience, heads over to give her hair a sniff. You know, Biden's a different animal. Like Merrick Garland, you're supposed to be on time, you know. Comes to Biden, you know, it's a little bit of a mess, man. The guy's, you know, ugh. But Merrick Garland, again, also a guy nobody's going to believe. This guy's a serious ass. Okay, Merrick Garland, of course, passed over for a Supreme Court seat. He was blocked by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans when they held that Senate majority, which is why elections matter so much, by the way. Um, and Merrick Garland, a guy who very much seems like he has an axe to grind against conservatives, understand they labeled concerned school board parents. Domestic terrorists when they showed up to school board meetings and yelled about the lockdowns and the restrictions. And, yes, in the state of Virginia, uh, they were very much yelling about some woke initiatives that resulted in one man's daughter being raped by a transgender student. Everything woke turns to. I mean, that particular dad, if you remember back when we were covering that story, it's Pride Month. A guy's daughter gets raped by a biological man who's identifying as a woman. Okay. Already a really big problem that they're together. Okay. That kid gets sent to another school and is allowed to remain in school because they don't want to make a spectacle during pride month. Again, everything woke turns to what happens. That kid then goes and allegedly sexually assaults another girl. At which point, A dad shows up to the school board meeting, doesn't punch anybody, doesn't kick anybody, doesn't get violent. He's not charged or accused with any of that. But the woke attorney general designates parents domestic terrorists. Everything woke turns to all you need to know. So when this guy goes out there today, understand when a Bernie Sanders campaign worker shot up a Republican congressional baseball practice, that was not labeled domestic terrorism. Fort Hood massacre was not labeled domestic terrorism when an Islamic guy shot up Fort Hood. They're like, ah, this is workplace violence. We got to look out for this stuff. But if you show up and you yell at a school board meeting about democratic initiatives, you, my friend, are a terrorist.
0: What the
3: hell is the world coming
1: to? I don't know. And the big challenge I have in this moment is the guy who is the radio family dog. You guys throw me tennis balls, rub my stomach. Oh, there he is. Oh, Jimmy's here. Oh, who's a big boy? You know, that's my role. But it's it's sometimes it is hard for the dog to wag its tail because ain't nobody offering treats right now. Oh my goodness, it's basically a tire iron to the jaw. I got adopted by Michael Vick. It's not pretty. You know, and I'm trying to sit here and I'm trying to be reasonable. Remember Samuel Jackson? But it's real hard to be the shepherd.
3: Correct the mundo.
1: Because <laughs> it's a mess, and no one's going to believe this guy. This is the problem we have. OK? And this goes back. Remember the Mueller probe? When the Mueller probe came and went for three years, it ended with them having, I mean nothing. So what did the Democrats do? Rather than, all right, well, it turns out they were wrong. We didn't just, okay, got that one wrong, let's do better, but I'm glad we kicked the tires. No. They were like, Bill Barr obstructed justice. There was collusion everywhere. He just wouldn't show it to us. That is a fact check false. But that's what they said they wouldn't accept. No differently than Republicans eventually turned on Bill Barr. They stole the election. Bill Barr wouldn't look into it. That is a fact check false. Looked into everything he could. The problem is there were a lot of people passing bad information to Trump. But, dude, I'm not bragging when I say this. History has found me in a unique place where I know everybody who worked inside the last White House. I know a lot of people in this one. And that's cool. I'm not saying it to brag because I'm not proud to know most of the people in this White House. Believe me. Okay, but understand that they were showing up to the Trump White House every night the Sidney Powells of the world, the Lynn Woods of the world, a lot of grifters making allegations that they themselves couldn't substantiate, giving them to a president who had understandably believed nothing was beneath the Democratic Party when it came to stopping him. Because to be clear, nothing was beneath the Democratic Party when it came to stopping him.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
1: So at a vulnerable time in his life, he's fed a lot of bad information, refuses to accept the results of the election, says it's stolen. And because they don't actually uncover that proof, the Republicans turn on Bill Barr just the way the Democrats did. Okay? Same with where we're going to be today with Merrick Garland. If Merrick Garland says, up, oh, we blew it, It was an archives raid. It turns out he didn't break the law. Nothing to see here. We apologize, which I don't think is going to be the case. You raid the president. You got to believe you have something. But if that's what he says, the Democrats are going to be like, hell no, he's corrupt. Melania gave him some topless pictures. You know, Trump bought him off with a round of golf at Mar-a-Lago. And just the same if it goes the other way. And he's like, oh, no, this dude's going to jail. Republicans are going to light it on fire. I'm not calling for violence, and we better not have any, you guys. We better not have any. If you're listening to this show, you can't do that to us. Every time somebody goes out and gets violent, it gives them the moral high ground. They took January 6th and ran with it. We're a bunch of white supremacists. Look, they're out of control. Why can't they be like us? You know, the people who burnt down 13 cities? The people who did $2 billion worth of property damage, the people who killed 42 folks during riots, the people who burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. Why can't they be more like us in the Democratic Party? Democrats are so full of crap. I'm telling you, man. So we're in a really dangerous spot. And unfortunately, the one thing I've been screaming about all week is we need Merrick Carlin to speak. They're not stepping on the gas right now. I don't know if his Uber is late. Did they cancel the ride? You know, Frank was going to be here in a right Toyota Sienna license plate T six, nine, eight, seven, three, two, one. We can't find Frank anywhere. Is Merrick Garland now walking to the Department of Justice? This was supposed to happen at two thirty. What are we as a country when we don't even have punctuality anymore? We've just abandoned all decorum at the highest levels of our institutions. Seriously, I'm a guy who's always offering solutions. I'm a silver linings guy. You want to help right now in the upper echelons of government? How about you buy a watch? Okay, seriously, go out and buy a... can you do
3: that for me? Because the show's over, and now we got no Merrick Garland. Way to go.